Hey everyone, this is Tony, Dungeon Master for D&D Raw, and before we begin today's episode, we first wanted to thank you all for the support that you've shown us. All of our listeners and the D&D community have been very inclusive, and we really appreciate all the help that we've been given. We also want to help out our other D&D podcast friends out there, and to do that, we're going to be posting this promo before our episode begins. So here we have a short clip of the Rules Lawyers podcast. He's like, apparently, she didn't like it when I pulled her hair down underneath her chin and made it look like a beard. <laughs> she chopped my hand off. I'm not actually persuaded. No, I want to see if it works. Persuade him first, and then roll for an attack. Okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> 22. Okay, good. Now roll your attack. I will run back to the wall, bounce off like it's the ropes, <laughs> running forward, smack the elbow, and drop it right off the skull. We want to know what's in there. Like yes. She's getting pissed. She, she's had a long day. She wants to go home, she wants to write in her journal, and drink a glass of wine and fall asleep. She's pissed. My stylish cap is all gross and dirty. I gotta wash it. And pull out my, my family's, family's sacred hand axe. Oh my god. Is that a nat 20? That's a nat 20. And now, on to our episode. With me, as always, are the following players. Hi, I'm Adam. I'm going to be playing Sildan. He is a wood elf, way of the Kensei monk. Hi, this is Bethany. I'm playing Saria, an ASMR Order of the Immortal mystic. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm going to be playing Daryl, a human evocation wizard. Hello, I'm Nick. I'm going to be playing Tor, a dwarven inquisitive rogue. I'm Rachel, and I'm playing Kalima, the half-elf domain of the grave cleric. And we would all like to welcome you to Orenthal. Previously, we followed Tor as he went on his adventure to strike a deal with the mysterious Bayagosto. Now we jump back to the rest of the party and find out what they have been doing in Tor's absence. So, last time we found the party in the Nickelgranger Tavern as they met with Captain Marsk and kept her and the royal wizard Themyor Nilo somewhat informed about the events concerning the disappearances though the royal wizard left a bad taste in everyone's mouth, with Sildan even realizing that the hag that the party may be chasing was one that Thamior was personally familiar with. As the party began to decipher the documents they had recovered, they learned that the Whispered Ones may be attempting to control one of the members of the delegation in order to attempt an assassination of some sort. Meanwhile, Saria discovered the location of her former trainer, Fulmar, and learned that some of the pages that they had collected contained psychic imprints. Before the party could delve any deeper into the mystery, however, more questions arose as a strange tiny creature entered the room. The creature claimed that he was a quickling and his name was Firo. Firo then said that he was here to collect Tor for a special meeting with Bayagosto so that they could make some sort of deal. So Tor winds up leaving the room and follows Firo out. You guys wait a few more minutes as uh, Lily does eventually return. Well, Daryl would, uh, would like to make some notes in his notebook about what he just saw as far as 
quick quicklings. Uh, Sildan would like to comment. So we're all kind of okay with him just going off uh, with that little creature. I don't think we. It had was much his choice. choice. Yeah. So I am gonna make a note out of character. Extra planar beings are immensely rare. Any sort of planar travel has not been a thing. Uh, there have been rumors and legends of the Feywild and elves having originated from there eons ago. But the Shadowfell, which is a very recent thing, is essentially just brand new information for people of these other planes of existence that have only been theorized of thus far. So it's a lot of written work, but not ex actual active experience that other people would have. Yeah, okay. so I'd like to, to make some notes in my notebook and maybe some rough sketches of what I have just seen. It was a very colorful uh, thing. Yes. Quickly. Yep. Obnoxious. He's a speedster. It was pretty obnoxious, to be, to be fair. And that's coming from Bethany. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it is my specialty. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love you. Oh. I know. At least, at least we're all on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> at least you're not up there going, wait, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah, how, how could you guys say such a thing? I'm so insulted. No, you're just like, nope, nope, I know. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know. no, I get it. That, that's fair. I did, I did say that thing about the black bear that one time. <laughs> that one time. I thought there's been multiple instances of you. <laughs> no, that was just emblematic of a greater pattern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Lily's there and is like, basically uh, seems to be as calmly as she seems capable to do asking Elsa's questions uh, more about her life as a monk. What are you guys going to do? So Lily told us that she informed Captain Marsk about the... No, that she, she has left messages for Gerbo and that she discussed with guards that she knows to make sure all the security for the delegation are beefed up as there is a potential threat of Sabotage. assassination. Yeah. So Saria would kind of sidle up to Sildan and say, do you know how long Captain Marsk has been in charge? Do I know how long Captain Marsk has been in charge? <laughs> Make an intelligence check. <laughs> oh, jeez. Drop my dice. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, whatever, I'll use the big one. Uh, not bad. 18. Okay. You would know that she has only recently become Captain of the Guard towards the end of the events of the Cataclysm. So it's been within about the last two, maybe three years. Yeah, so I would kind of relay that to her. Okay. Sorry to say, oh, interesting. I'm not quite sure, to be honest. Oh, just curious. I, I haven't had a lot of interaction with her. She seems lawful. Yes, uh, with all of my dealings with her, she's been quite pleasant. Is she particularly skillful? Uh, yes, actually, quite. So, she's a, an exceptional person? Uh, I would say so, yes. Ah, thank you. Of course, why do you ask? Ah, uh, just curious. I don't, uh, you know, I okay. haven't really interacted with her, and you've been working with her for some time, so I was just wondering. Can you, are okay. you saying this, like, loud enough so that, like, because we're all yeah, in the yeah, same yeah. room. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're all, all in the, the same all room. We're all in the tiny room. Kalima's eyebrows, like, raised just watching you then. Like, <laughs> waiting huh. to see if you're getting to something like, you know. A point. My sister. <laughs> nope. No, nothing. Nothing definitive. <laughs> she doesn't look like, to be out of character, she doesn't look like Saria. No, you don't look alike. You all look alike. Yeah, no. Both Saria and Captain Marsk are very, very beautiful women. But oh, they don't actually look alike. 
particularly. Okay. So no familial resemblance. Not yeah. that you can tell. Okay. It's on the celestial side. <laughs> yeah. So the question is, where are we going from here? I think I found Fulmer, who seems to be behind a lot of this, but it's going to take some time to get there. Do something. We have no plan for how that confrontation would go. You still hear all the celebrating sounds in the streets, by the way. Yeah, and the streets um, are it's, packed it's with people. later morning right now. It's approaching noon, almost. You guys got up really, really early, but you've spent a bunch of time doing the preparations and the, the psionic abilities and studying the documents. So yeah. it's getting what? late. How long have we been in this tavern? Man? For a few hours. <laughs> no way. Not including sleeping, sleeping of course. <laughs> yeah, but. Tony didn't plan on the adventure going this. We never leave the tavern. We spent the whole time just doing nonsense. <laughs> Everything gets resolved here. It's actually like an episode of Cheers. Everybody just kind of comes into the bar. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happened so far. Yeah. All right. So I think we should go and investigate the location where I, I found Fulmer. Even if she's not there anymore, maybe we could pick up something because I, I don't. We, I guess we have some other leads. We could go and try to talk to the ambassadors directly and warn them. I agree with this. I think the lead would be better. We can always go after. If we go follow your lead to Fulmer, we can investigate that train of thought first. Because that seems more likely to lead us at least to more information. So that when we meet with Thoven later, we'll have information. Versus just warning the ambassadors. That's not going to give us any information. That's true. And we did already send Lily, so we at least have given some heads up and even yeah. then Thoven can get in touch with you that's true yeah. yeah so i guess if we don't make it back in time we'll, we'll figure something else out so you guys are headed out yep were there any okay. differing viewpoints no not for me all right lily what should we tell lily to do if anything goes sideways we don't come back or something happens you are What's now the- responsible Thoven. for this child's life <laughs> raise them as now. your own <laughs> oh um, I, uh... It, it was a joke. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, I, I'm not, I don't, um, I, I don't want to be a mom yet. Not yet, not yet. Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, I guess she should return with Elsa's to, to Gerbo if we don't come back anytime soon. If we're not back by this evening. That, uh, I am okay with what that. about having Thoven take her? I don't know if he has somewhere that he could take her that would be awesome. I guess they could go to the academy. Yeah. The academy's pretty That's safe. That's probably one of the safest places. Okay, so take her to the academy if we're if we're not back tonight. She just nods. But everything will right. be fine. Yeah, you guys will be fine. I'm sure nothing bad will happen to you. You probably won't die. Well, that's reassuring. <sighs> you said you killed an Oni. We did. We did. Yeah, you'll be fine, I'm sure. Okay. Okay. Thank you for your vote of confidence. And then Kalima turns and walks out like, I'm done. She gives two small thumbs up. So I'll just go over and reassure Elsis. I, I promise I will be back as soon as I can. Very well, Master. Um, let me know if I can help in any way. I shall. Thank you. And then I'll walk out. She bows. Bye, right. bow as well. Sorry's like, all right, let's get going. <laughs> Kalima's down the stairs already. She's like, ah. Yeah. All right. So you guys, as you exit the tavern, you immediately start to bump into people. You see several people out on the streets laughing and uh, seem to be playing different games that you see set up on different corners. It's a very stark contrast to the emotional state that the four of you are currently in. As everyone's celebrating, you see uh, some people buying food and drinks. You see small little tests of skill off into different corners of games and, and all that. 
it's difficult at first to begin to make your way through this crowd, uh, having to kind of push a little bit to get around. Several times you guys feel like pats on the back or slaps on the back as some slightly already drunk person stumbles by. I would like to just kind of be perceptioning the whole time. Is that Perceiving. Okay? Perceiving. Go ahead. Perceptioning. Yeah. And I would like to check check my pockets to make sure that nothing is missing. Perception. I assume I'm leading the group since I know where we're going. Yeah, I was going to say you're at the front and I'll be like right behind you, kind of almost behind slash next to like helping push people out of the way because I'm like wearing my, you know, official looking outfit. armor. Yeah, and just kind of being like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Step aside, citizen, citizen, step aside. Pretty much like, all right, good cop time. I'm guessing I'm not having much trouble moving between the crowds. make an intimidation check. I don't think I'm good at these. Also, my perception was 23. Other perception checks while she's doing uh, 18. 18. Okay. You don't notice anyone particularly like go for your pockets or seem to be approaching you in any particular way. It seems like most of the people here are just out celebrating and enjoying the fact that this horrible war is over. And then Kalima, what was your intimidation? 19. Okay. So as you're moving through the crowd, as you're going, excuse, excuse me, and eventually you... You start to get frustrated and you raise your voice and kind of call it, excuse me. <laughs> and almost immediately uh, in front of Saria, the crowd kind of parts a bit. Nice. And you're able to make your way through easier. And the whole time she just has like the, the blank stare as she's like watching people and then motions for Saria to like walk ahead. And then like the two fingers over the shoulder, like follow guys to the other. Can I have kind of retconned where I was walking? Because I probably would have been like, moving through the crowd a little bit of a distance away. Why would you do that? Yeah, what the heck? To keep a far eye from on you guys? Would you have told Do you have like an that? outside perspective of if anybody tries to do anything? I was about to say, everyone will, will notice like you're getting farther and farther away, especially as Kalima called that out. So yeah. if you want, like they notice you're moving away. I will say that. So okay. what you choose to do after that is up to you. Yeah, I would have done that. Okay. So you kind of parallel the group as they move forward but you're having fortunately for your speed it doesn't slow you down but you bump into more people as you're kind of bobbing and weaving through this group while the rest of the party is getting a bit more of a straight shot as people (laughs) are moving out of the way of the half-elven woman who just yelled at all of them (laughs) she's very intimidating (laughs) she's had a bad day (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah so it takes you guys a little i want to say over 30 minutes to get out of the Heldermarket District and into the Ankalab Heights District, there still is some celebration here. It's a lot less rowdy, but you do see a few games set up. You actually see children running through the streets, some of them playing tag or, or other sorts of games as they're moving about in front of you. But you are able to move through this area much more easily as it's more sparse. You do see at a couple of points as you're passing through a few people kind of just sitting on the ground having their hands kind of out, seeming to be begging for whatever coin they can get as you walk through the streets of the Ankalab Heights district. About how many people? Is it like a throng of them or just like two or three? You'll see like one down one street, then a little, and like a minute or two later, you'll see another in another spot. Not a lot, just a okay. few here and there. As we're entering the Ankalab Heights district, I'm going to kind of tap Sorry on the shoulder and just lean in closer, just... Not like trying to whisper or anything, but just keep it to like us. 
not like hiding it from, you know, Sildan or, or Daryl or anything, but more just like so other people around us and just say, um, about how much further do you think we have to go? Is it about another 20 minutes or so, Tony? No, just five to ten. Oh, I'll tell five to ten minutes at most. We should be there. I have no idea what our plan is besides investigate. Okay. And if she's there, I guess we just confront her. I would like to use my eyes of the grave now then. That's a good idea. Okay. Because I feel like we're close enough that I'll definitely pick up something here. You good will. Idea. So, Kalima, you would know that this would extend all through this district and the low hills, but it would stop at the edge of the low hills based off of your range. Okay. So, Eyes of the Greys, after concentrating for one minute as you're walking through, you get to learn the undead, the number, distance, direction, and the type with the highest CR. Yep. So, as you your senses go out, you sense coming slightly to your southeast, not in the direction that you're headed, three undead presences. They're probably 10 minutes from you walking. And in terms of, again, a type with the highest CR, I would say it's an undead humanoid type to be to be a little fair on that just because I'm like, it just says undead, but it's not coming in the direction that Saria saw full Margo. Which direction are we heading? You're, basically, you guys are heading in a more southwest, a southeasterly direction. Sorry, you sensed it from the southwest. Okay, so we're heading southeast and it's coming from the southwest. Yes. Okay, and you said that there's three undead. Use currently sense three. Okay. And the distance, you said 10 minutes. I would say you, you can tell it's in the Ankalab Heights. It's somewhere towards the western edge, the center west part of the Ankalab Heights. Actually, since you know distance, do me a favor. Make a survival check. Oh, oh my. Wait, that? I was about to say, you, you should have survival. And this is basically in order to determine uh, map and uh, the layout of things. God. <laughs> I'm going to use oh my. my freaking inspiration on that. Go for it. It wasn't a crit fail, but it wouldn't got me anything. <sighs> totally worth it. Nat 20. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. The bestial roar, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> While you are moving through, you, you realize, based off of the distance and direction, it's coming from the area where you met with Vral and Gerbo last night. Okay, I would, as soon as I sense this and I can pick up basically where, I'm going to like clap a hand on Saria's shoulder. Yeah, to not necessarily stop her, kind of keep like slow up a little bit and kind of just flag over to Sildon Mm -hmm. and, you know, get Daryl's attention and be like, okay, we have three undead. One of them is definitely a humanoid and they are where we met with Gerbo. What? Oh, and, like, she looks very concerned, like, I don't know if that takes precedence or if you guys think Fulmer's still the... I'm not picking up the undead towards them. I will say mm-hmm. by this point, sorry, as you kind of round the corner and, and then Kalima stops you, you see the building that Fulmer uh. had gone into. It's a pretty damaged-looking building with one window slightly broken and bashed in, so you can just barely catch a glimpse of the inside and you do see what seems to be some sort of a flickering flame inside potentially from a fireplace or candlelight so someone might be there it seems like someone is there 
Okay, sorry I would turn to Klima and say that seems important and I think we should go investigate that. Let's. It seems like there's someone here that we should talk to or, I don't know, that we should deal with since we're right here. And then we go and investigate that if that sounds fair to everyone. You're not even like finishing your conversation and she's already like pushing you forward like- Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get it done. All right, so <laughs> I would like to still- Damn. I'm going to switch to my okay. diminution focus. Okay. And I want to scuttle up to that window and get a peek in. I'm just going to stay at the back. Kind of maybe even stop where we had paused and let them all slither forward because I have no stealth abilities. Yeah. But I am going to pull out my crossbow and ready it. (laughs) So the window, while cracked, you do see there's actually seems to be some stuff in front of it as if it was moved there. Whoever the occupant is wanted some form of privacy. I would like you to make a perception check, Saria. I was going to. Do you need my stealth roll? I actually don't need your stealth rolls. Okay. Oh. Uh, do I need to make a perception check then? Yep. Okay. Mine is a 14. I got a 20 total perception. Nice. 12. Okay. So that was a 14, a 12, and a 20? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Saria and Sildan, you're having some trouble seeing over whatever it is that's partially blocking the window. It's mostly you're seeing wood. Daryl, you peek in, and as you're looking through, you kind of see the hint of a cloaked figure who seems to be just facing the door. But as you kind of look around, you notice just barely uh, what seems to be an old woman. And as she kind of lifts her head, you immediately notice milky white eyes. <gasps> as she stares towards the opening. What? And you... St- and you just see a gesture of her fingers towards herself as if she's inviting you in. Guys, we've been made. It's the, uh, by a ghost though is in there. But that's strange. I thought she was supposed to be meeting with Tor. Yeah. That's not good. Well, she's inviting us in, and they clearly know that we're here. So I think we should make our way in. By the way, Kalima's still like 20 feet away from you. So she's not hearing any of this, I'm assuming. Kalima is kind of... Yeah, a little bit back from you, has a crossbow ready. Yeah, I'm just waiting yeah. and watching. We'll, like... we'll motion to her to come on up. Yeah. You actually also notice, as you kind of are, are coming up, you notice people are now giving this area a wider berth. Oh. <clears throat> like, intentionally? <clears throat> or... All right. A couple of people, uh, do you do catch their eyes kind of look at Kalima with her crossbow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. I don't care. I have authority. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. Compared to the rest of us, yeah. All right, I will walk up to the door. I'll go with. Okay, the door is closed. I'm going to activate my aura sight and open the door. So you open the door, and as you walk in, you see a pretty, actually fairly well-kept house, though most of the wood is still cracked and broken from previous damage. Uh, you look off into the corner and see what appears to be some sort of dressers and, and chairs kind of stacked up against the wall to block visibility from that window but as you walk in you see a fireplace is lit and seated right next to it in a very simple chair an old woman white hair very frail looking with milky white eyes and she's just smiling slightly as you walk in standing about 10 feet from her hands resting on two long swords at either side you see an elven woman long black hair flowing free you just see it on the edges of her hood 
beneath her cloak what appears to be some form of plate mail armor as she looks at all of you in turn her eyes lock with yours saria and you recognize fulmar i am gonna switch to my iron durability focus <laughs> so really quickly you had your aura sight on what does that give you advantage on insight checks how close is uh fulmar to the fireplace 15 feet, but by Agosto uh-huh. is between her and the fireplace. Okay. Is there a source of light within 10 feet of... Uh... <laughs> nope. I think we gotta talk to him first. <laughs> just, just weighing my options. No monologue. <laughs> you do see a door behind Fulmar that you would assume would potentially lead to a bedroom of some sort. There's broken furniture around the area, but as you kind of all walk in, the person who you would assume to be Bayagosto looks up and just says, Ah, hello, dears. I figured you'd be coming at some point. I have another meeting to attend to, Fulmar. This is up to you if you want to deal with them. I have no business with these four. Goodbye. And she just suddenly vanishes. What? Of course. Ah. Can I make an arcana check to see if I know by what means of vanishment? Well, yeah, but I mean, like if it was like a dimension door or teleport or... You can attempt an arcana check. All right, I will attempt an arcana check. I got an 11. She did not cast a spell, but you don't know how she just disappeared. Oh. Sorry, I would say, hello, Fulmar. Sorry, uh, it's a shame. I was hoping you'd be the one. So there's another? These are your new friends? She's looking at each of you in turn. By the way, I would have, when I came in through, because I'm assuming I'm coming in last since I was so far away, I would have pulled the door shut behind us. Yeah, good call. Yeah, I have my hand resting on my sword, by the way. You see both of her hands resting on the two long swords she has. This doesn't have to end in violence. You wish to stop the Overseer. I cannot allow that. What allegiance do you have to the Overseer? The Overseer has given me everything that I have. And I have continued to train to perfect my skills so I can train the perfect being. Where is this perfect being? That is of no concern of yours, you pathetic excuse. Uh, you guys would see that sorry just kind of like <laughs> like a like a slow exhale <laughs> like yeah harsh bro my hand my hand's like vice gripped on my sword right now um, i think kalima's bow is already like angled at her <laughs> now fulmer i know i was a great source of disappointment to you such a waste because you obviously you had bigger were plans weak That is the most pathetic thing about you. I trained you. I hoped you would be the last one. You had such potential. But then again, it's so sad that you failed. I chose to be something better than what you had planned. (laughs) I would say should you ever meet your better, you would disagree when facing them. But I don't think you will get that opportunity because you're planning to kill me? You could just let me go. (laughs) No. Let me finish my task. Or we kill Cha and Atran. 
And what task is that? I am not some fool, Daryl. I will not simply be talked into revealing our plan. Sildan? Yes? I thought you would be smarter than this. I thought when you got our message, you would simply go back to your monastery and take care of the little ones you have left since you were unable to do so for the ones that are here. Yeah, I'm not quite sure I want to give up on the ones that are here. Oh, but coming to face me means that you have. We will eliminate them. I will make sure that you get to see them die before I finish you. You get to see how badly you failed them. The way I see it, you have two options. You can either tell us where they are before we kill you, or we can just kill you. My death is meaningless to the greater scheme of things. That's not true. Every life is important. Not hers. No. Sorry. If you only saw your other failures, you would know not every life is important. What happened to them? The experiments were eliminated. We dealt with them as you would any failed experiment, as you should have been dealt with. So if you die, then who is going to train this perfect being you keep bragging about? It doesn't need to be done. It is complete. My job, my purpose, has been fulfilled. I am simply assisting elsewhere now that I do not have my primary goal. So as I see it, you have two options. Let me leave, and you can go about your lives. Or I could kill you now. You can't defeat all of us. Nope, it's not a viable option. She draws both blades, holds them point down. My death or my life is meaningless. Perhaps I could take one of your lives. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be pointless. You're not going to win this one. Very well. We used to train quite a bit, Saria. And you could never beat me. I won't hold back this time. And I need everyone to... Ah! Oh, <gasps> <Natural> 20! <laughs> Ooh, sweet. Ugh, she's the worst! She's the worst! <laughs> okay, so you see her both blades drawn and she begins to proceed towards you in a menacing manner. Toward Saria? Towards Saria, specifically. Sildan, you are up first. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead, very much enraged right now. I'm going to go ahead, whip out my blade, and rush up to her left side, and just start hacking. Okay. Okay, so roll and attack. It's plus eight. Nineteen? You draw your blade, rush forward as fast as you can, flying across the floor, As you stab forward, you see both her blades start to come up, but you slip just underneath and stab it into her her chest. Okay. Do it, do it. So, 1d6 plus 5. Ooh, max damage, 11. So then I'm going to go ahead and use Strunning Strike. So she's got to make a con save against my DC of 14. 
you strike at her with the blade and she just bats it aside after it cuts into her but she's not stunned okay then i'm gonna go ahead and attack her yeah i'm gonna attack her again and then 24 24 yeah that hits (laughs) you're attacking with a sword still yes so eight damage yeah and then i'm gonna make that yeah you know i'm gonna flurry blows her okay (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) yeah okay so these are all on strikes that's a 21 that hits okay 10 damage okay and then last one 20 non-natural yeah non-natural i assume so yeah that hits Okay, then that's nine damage. Nine? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. So, Sildan, you rush up, thrust the blade forward as she goes to seem to try to block it with her own swords. You slip through, stab it into her chest. She s- snaps it away. You go again, slashing into her side, following with two quick thrusts of your palm, first one into her chest and then again into her chin as she kind of stumbles back. And turns her full attention on you for those strikes. Yep, and that's it. That's your turn. Daryl. All right. So the area just behind Sildan and Fulmer. That's, that's a wall. wall. Okay. So I would like to cast Fireball about 20 feet behind Fulmer so that it hits Fulmer and not Sildan. Okay. Just so you know, there's a lot of wood in here. A lot of wood? Like the yep. house is made he said there's, yeah. Okay, is um is there basically wood all around them, or is there look like there might be a radius of about twenty or so? You are gonna hit some wood anywhere in this room within a radius of twenty feet. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll still do it. Okay, okay, so that is eight d six. I gotta roll. So that is tw- oh. twenty damage. Okay. What was your DC? 15. Okay. So you release the small mode of flame. It flies over, landing right into the fireplace as a massive blast echoes outwards, encompassing Falmar. You see her tuck and kind of duck using the cloak to protect herself. It seems like she did not take the full damage. All right. Uh, That's all I'm going to do. There is now... A rug on fire. (laughs) A table's on fire. Oh gosh, the fire's burning. Everything's on fire. It was a 20-foot radius. Um, You also see... It's a 10-foot radius. I I know, I can't actually extend it any farther. (laughs) But currently, that is on fire. And you actually see, as you released the ball of fire, the rug twitches and crumples as it's burning. Like it was alive? Maybe. What? We just burned our what? flying carpet, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. Maybe. <laughs> Either that or a mimic. <laughs> Could be. Mm-hmm. So, see, I did you guys a favor. So, Daryl, anything else? I'll point out, I was like, that carpet just twitched. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. It is Fulmer's turn. Oh, she wasn't a fiend or an undead, right? Nope. Nope. <laughs> well, I didn't. Okay. She's not undead. I didn't pick up an undead in this direction. You did not. She looks to you, Sildan, and says, Fine. You first. With the first swing, she comes at you, slashing into your side. Oh, man, with my 19 AC? 
Don't you have to unarmed strike for the 19 AC? Yeah, I did both. No, you stabbed. Oh, as yeah. part of the attack action. That was because of my flurry of blows. It's okay. That's why I wanted to double check. You take 12 points of slashing damage as the first blade cuts across your chest. <sighs> then she comes again with her other blade. And again, just catches you across the shoulder, dealing you nine additional points of damage as she comes in with a third swing. Oh, jeez. She might actually kill me. <gasps> How much HP do you have? Twelve. Oh! Uh-oh. And deals an additional seven points of damage. <laughs> He's not dead yet, guys. As she stares you down and points the blade towards you and says, Do you really want to watch your little ones die? And that brings us to Saria. Oh, I have so many things I want to do, and I only have one turn. <laughs> <laughs> How's Sildan look? Rough. He just got hacked and hacked three times with three different strikes. Okay, I'm going to draw my sword, both my swords. So you pull both blades, and the fire is extinguished. As a cold fills the room for a moment, and the flames dissipate, and the fireplace is no longer lit. And Saria would turn to Fulmar and say, aside from the fact that everything you think is wrong, you were especially wrong about me. And I'm going to use my Radiant Soul ability. Ooh, nice. To grow wings. (laughs) (laughs) What? And fly up in her face. (laughs) That does take my action, though. Yep. But for my bonus action, I'm going to activate my Iron Durability Steel Hide ability. So I have resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing until the end of my next turn. You all watch as a slight shimmer appear around Saria's body some some sort of protective ability that she seems to have as Saria finishes uh, saying the words a light begins to emit from her as her eyes suddenly glow bright two luminous incorporeal wings just sprout from her back as this happens her feet slightly lift off the ground as both blades held out wings spread wide as they suddenly flap and she rushes at Fulmar. And that is where we're going to end this episode today. Thank you all so much for listening. Please share this podcast with your friends if you've enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written. If you have your own questions to the DM, you can email them at dm at dndraw.com. Please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. And also subscribe and leave us a comment on Podbean, Google Play, or Stitcher. Thanks, guys. <laughs>